welcome to the Jadoo Podcast. <laughs> that is the um, worst scary voice. I don't know ever. what I was doing. Like you have to understand, I come in with no intentions, and whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. Whatever you get is what you get. There is no planning in this. And I'm D. Ooh, and I'm no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I uh, I'm Charnel, and welcome to What Did You Do. Uh, it's a true crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys didn't know, it's a true crime podcast. Oh, we out here, you know. By two black people. Two very melanated folks. You're right. Educated people. Indeed. Smart. I and think. we just do it different. Somewhat. Because we're, we're not comedians, but we're still funny. Oh, I think that's self-serving. I would never describe myself <laughs> as funny, but I do think that people enjoy my sense of humor. You're literally like hilarious shut up you got all this compliment about your christmas coral like all week i was gonna i was actually gonna talk about that i, I had said it to oh, i don't wanna have to look it up i hate getting people's name wrong um well, several people mentioned it several people brought up uh i don't know a, why a christmas i know exactly because it's iconic i'll never um, like no i'll never forget watching you do these voices in person and i'm just like this is it's so awkward. Yeah, it's people strange. Like you, it's funny because people don't realize that you are like seeing me lose my mind in person in real time. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like the the transformation that took place. Uh, it was Jessica. Jessica Woodbridge is the person who said um, she was new to it and she's crying. And her, I think her. So one of them was another person said their daughter was, which I'm I'm yeah. kind of concerned that their daughter. Was, you know was what? Listening. We were those children listening to stuff like this, though. We That's how we ended up being podcasters. We absolutely Chicago. were. And then my my other concern uh, was just that she had, she had said one of the lyrics that I had randomly. First of all, I'm a great. I could be a rapper, right? Like she oh talked about, God. like how I was singing during the show, and oh apparently, my God, the ego. I I did a whole like someday at Christmas like cover with Dean Coral stuff, and I was like, yikes, the growth. But <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, no wonder people always hate the Dean Carl episodes. Either they hate it or they love it. Yeah, and it's, it's just funny to me. But why are we here? What are we talking about? Oh, because I was talking about. <laughs> oh, Misty Summers was the other person. So shout out to Misty uh, Summers and shout out to Jessica Woodbridge uh, for complimenting a Dean uh, a Coral. I can't talk a Christmas Coral. Um, <laughs> and I I want to do. We we're supposed to do a second one uh, last last winter, and I just got so caught up and so busy. Life was coming at your boy fast. Um, but this year you're getting one, so a part two. Just gotta think of a clever name. I'm not um, entertaining you. I'm not gonna be here. You know, you um, weren't there when you weren't with me shooting in the gym the first time. No, was, I wasn't. It was me uh, for a week, literally losing my mind, figuring out how to sing these songs and voices, and then like which songs to sing and trying to find instrumentals for them. Which it's unfortunate. It was it was the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I argue best thing that's ever happened to this podcast. Uh, I <laughs> wow. I went there, like Degrassi. Anyway, so there are several things that are happening today. Uh, some housekeeping, I believe. Right? Housekeeping. Uh, so one thing I think is really important is that one of us on this podcast identifies as queer. Yeah. And it's D. I had to. <laughs> uh, my husband's family questioning me now. Like, Good. Ever. They should keep questioning. It's a great thing to be, to be queer. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what did I say? That my mom is gonna be like, D, do you have something to tell me?" And so, thank you for that. Uh, your mom, you. li- oh, that's right. Why did your mom do that to you? <laughs> my mom absolutely listens to this podcast and comments. 
I love it. She also no, mom, lied. I'm not queer. I would have told you if I was. Okay. Right. It's I me. wouldn't have kept it so so long. She would be so hurt. No, but it's me. Surprise. And <laughs> this month, it's the end of the month, and we only missed it the last episode, but it is National LGBT History Month, and it, we also missed uh, National Coming Out Day. Yeah, we and did. so queerness is really near and dear to my heart, clearly. Um, I know we have some listeners who are very passionate about it and also who have kids that they love dearly who identify as queer. Yes. Um, and so one other thing I wanted to do is that we got some special requests um, in our Instagram inboxes and I talk to everybody and respond to everything because uh, I like chatting. Um, and I just wanted to, I know that you guys are super awesome about rallying around people with needs. I've seen it happen when we had teachers that needed supplies. Uh, shout right. out to Lola who was taken care of very well. Uh, yes. when she was kind of lacking. Uh, so we have listeners, Jack and Cody, uh, who are looking for some help in getting closer to feeling like themselves. Uh, they're hoping to raise a little bit of money for their top surgeries. If uh, I don't want to get into it because I don't think trans folks need to be relegated to like their body parts and what surgeries they're having, but feel free to right. Google what top surgery is and it'll tell you everything. Or if you just happen to be blessed by Jack or Cody's uh, presence and you want to have a conversation with them and ask them and they feel sp- safe enough which i did for cody you gotta send me the link for jack right so because i buy things that's how i do so cody is selling t-shirts to help raise money and i believe that jack has a gofundme both uh links i'll throw in the crew if you guys want to hook some brothers up that's a great way to do it um again support your local queer people (laughs) uh your queer artists um next up the crime Mm -hmm. con giveaway that's right the, uh, the moment like, that you guys have been waiting for. Right. I feel like this is the most housekeeping we've ever had. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> because we have important stuff to talk about here. Right. D and I decided um, together that we should do it live on the show. Like, I, I have one of these random name selectors pulled up. Uh, I was going to do it while laying on my couch one day. And when I asked her, and she was like, it's fa- it probably feels better to do it live. So I want to shout out everyone who, who uh, submitted a request. Um, my apologies deeply if you'd send an email and I missed it. I usually read all of, I usually get, we see all of them. Um, but we have Amaya Summers, Taylor Young, Marissa Rotneck, Diana Helgeson, Abigail Dunk, as a name I love. Sorry. Uh, Latoya Hall, Monica Rodriguez, Connie Cooney Pitts, another name I like, Christine Velez, Ruby Desiatone, sorry if I'm missing that up, Melissa DeLapp, Talia Gonzalez, Alyssa Beta, and Jordan Flada. I feel like I'm missing somebody. I don't think you got everything. I think I got everybody. And if you did, you know, and if you did put in and, um, I don't know. And you, and you got missed, we'll figure out something. Well, maybe we get you a t-shirt. Yeah. We'll do something to make it sweet. So yeah, let's do that. Are you ready to announce? Well, I have, I see them, so I'll do it. You have to do it. I'll do do the drum roll. All right. So drum roll, please. What'd you say? I don't know how to do the drum roll. Oh, well figure it out. I think I got it. 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 Yeah. Well, I want you to do it with your mouth, D. Well, I'm not doing it with my mouth. I'm doing it with my nails. <laughs> Don't you hear that? Hey, my nails are going. All right, let's try it. And I'm doing this for too long. <laughs> the first winner is Marissa Rotneck. Hey. Hey. Congrats. Ow. You get a pass, sis. Yes. Awesome. Ow. I love it. All right, next up. All right. Yeah, more drum rolls? Yeah, please. Okay. There's also a spinning noise in like in my ear too. I don't know. We have Hey, Diana Helgeson. Hey, 
Diana. So shout out to Diana and Marissa for winning the two uh, giveaways. Uh, we will be there for house arrest. We'll have our quote unquote podcast row table. Um, we'll also be doing, we also put in for like a virtual live show, which should be fun. So check that out, guys. If you are interested, uh, just for the base level tickets, they are $89 and it's a month away. Um, I do believe there's like a deposit for them still. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, so maybe but take advantage put... because usually they're definitely more expensive. Exactly. They're, last year when we went in New Orleans, man, those tickets were what, $349 or something. Yeah. So um, this is a good year. I know it's not the same, but it's right. a good year to participate. Please participate. Please join us there. It'll be fun. Um, and I don't know it's going to be a good time. I think it's going to be a great time. Uh, so all that stuff out of the way, geez, yep. long house coming. I'm sorry. If you guys weren't interested, you could skip ahead. It's too late now. We're already here. Um, <laughs> episode time. Yeah. If you guys haven't read the title, some of you just click right away because you love us. I don't know. I'm just being a little bit self-absorbed. Um, but we are uh-huh. covering Gregory Green. It's someone, or uh, it's a dude who has been dropped into the crew several times. Yeah. Um, in the last two weeks, it's a person who has been, asked we've been asked to cover in our messages uh several times and d was like i think we should cover this person. i was like yeah we should cover this person yeah and yeah, so we now should. we're covering this person hey, <laughs> let's yeah. get this thing twalking okay gregory green who for some reason i still want to call joseph green and i don't know why but let's start off by painting the picture of what police found uh the night uh, or the early morning of September 21st when they got a 911 call and they responded to a home in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, um, and only to discover a bound woman, a bleeding bound woman in a basement strapped to a chair, um, and the bodies of four deceased young people. Now, clearly this episode, we're talking about Gregory Green. Yes, we um, are. And usually when we talk about things like this, uh, when it comes to like a domestic family, like killer, this is, their first time, you know, right. killing their family. Right. But this is not Gregory's not at all. first time. So mm-hmm. let's take you back and walk you through what took place the first uh, the first time, uh, I believe, 25 years prior. Uh, Dee, yes. if you want to lead us all to the water, yes. you might not be able to make us drink, but we'll, we'll come with you. So... Not much is said for Gregory's beginnings. He was born in December 10th, 1966. Um, It is believed that he's a Michigan native, but that's all we have. But we do know in 1989, he married LaTanya Clayton. And everyone called her Tanya. They didn't really use LaTanya, but her name was LaTanya. So throughout the relationship, it was said that you know, things were normal up to a certain point. She actually confided in her um, middle school friend around like 1990 that he suddenly like switched up his personality and it was almost as if um, he was on drugs. And this worried her because she actually had two other children prior and she was now pregnant with Gregory's child. Um, So she actually had planned on leaving him. Um, she told her friend that she was getting ready to leave and getting ready to go. Um, and it was like, a, I think it was like a Sunday night. She gets ready to pack it in, you know, pack her stuff. And on that was the last time her friend hears from her. But on July 14, 1991, 
Gregory Green calls the police, opens the door when they come in, and says, I stabbed her. She's in the kitchen. So basically, we're the the thought process is she was trying to leave him at this time. After his personality switched up, he began to get violent. So the thought process is she was trying to leave. Um, he ended up killing her. One of her eldest children were in the closet during the time that this happened. The other one wasn't there. So the children did not pass, like her child did not pass away, but she was pregnant. So the child that they were conceived together did pass away during this. Right. Um, like, so he did just, to, just to add some detail. Um, uh, Latanya was stabbed 10 times. Yeah. So she was stabbed in her area. left cheek, her neck, her mm-hmm. back. Um, she was about 30 weeks pregnant, so she was pretty far along in her pregnancy. Um, people were quite devastated. Um, they found her body in the kitchen. Um, and then he um, showed them where to find the knife, which was the murder weapon that he had placed in on the refrigerator. So he confessed. And I'm not sure if the confession is a reason, but they try to plead an insanity, um, you know, uh, reason for murdering is uh, insanity uh, for this case. I'm not too sure what happened here. And when I was looking at this situation, um, I thought it was wild to me that he only received 15 to 20 years in prison for this. Um, right away, his mom tried to talk to people in prisons, parolees, um, write a letter to a judge saying that she doesn't believe that you know, he should serve a lot of time um, saying that he suffered enough and going to jail um, wouldn't help the situation for him. It's not going to make him a better person. It's not going to alter him. Nothing's going to come out of him going into prison. Yeah, I, I don't want to cut you off. That was his mom. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the other thing to recognize, too, um, and we'll see we'll see a, a pattern as we kind of move forward through the, mm-hmm. the case here, um, is to specifically talk about what Latanya was talking about. He said she confided in her friend that his mm-hmm. behavior had just switched up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had also said, like, you know, it's this sudden change uh, right. that would that confused her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dee actually mentioned off mic that uh, most people would call it like being a sociopath, but like we, we would know it as like antisocial, you know, personality or, you mm-hmm. know, and like that is carried. Oh, gosh, I know this off the top of my head. I know this stuff. Hold on. You know, so like it's with people who are like easily irritable and easily agitated and easily driven to violence are people who might be antisocial, people who don't care what, whether or not what they're doing might be right or wrong. Mm. Uh, you know, people who don't feel bad for harming or doing damage to other people and who don't think that they deserve any bad things to come to them simply because they just were acting. Right. Mm. And so one thing to keep in mind about this is that uh, later on, while well, in 2004, mm-hmm. you know, during one of the like parole uh, interviews that he's going to get into, um, he just shows a very strong lack of remorse mm-hmm. and he has he's not adjusted at all. He still hasn't hasn't really come to terms uh, with the fact that he did what he did. What did what did they state? Um, the sheriff spokesperson said that he hadn't gained any adequate insight and he had a lack of empathy. Um, but he also said in one of those interviews that the murder was directly related to the fact that she mistreated him. Right. So it is her fault 
Mm-hmm. Like, the way that she treated him somehow justified him murdering her. And right. so, like, that is, like, that is that last part I was talking about when we were saying that, like, the the negative consequences. Like, right. nothing, like, that isn't, like, that's not an okay thing. If she mistreated you, the thing to do is leave. Right. You know, so, like, you'll so, see, like, the patterns of this as we move forward. Right. So, like you were saying, um, well, like I was saying, his mom tried to, you know, ask for leniency. I again, I don't know if that's the reason why he got the fifteen to twenty, but he got fifteen to twenty, and when he was up for parole, he was up for parole twice, two thousand and four and two thousand and six. Both times, they, like you said, did not see any um, empathy or remorse. Right. Um, and he was up twice. officials, he was up, yeah. sorry, I was like, he was up for it four times, like twice in both those years. Yeah, which is yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah, twice in yeah, you're right. Twice in uh, 2004 and never twice. seen that happen before. But. Right, and and all times, <laughs> we're gonna talk about how we're. Uh, I'll talk about that later because yeah, we'll I was reading there. this earlier and I was mad. <laughs> um, but he couldn't explain his murderous rage, and that was in a report that they wrote in uh, December 8, 2006. They just, you know, he he needs to have some insight into why he's doing this. And they couldn't grant him parole because he had no insight, no yeah. empathy or remorse. If you so. can't say that, right. like, yeah, murdering people is wrong. You're ne- like, of course you're not getting paroled, bruh. Um, right. And, like, he had showed absolutely, he, like, the thing is, though, like, people who talk about this in parole uh, hearings is that he also, at some point post-2006, the shift in behavior was seen again, where he became, uh, he was, was completing programs on time and mm-hmm. cooperating mm-hmm. and becoming that model prisoner. The only and, ticket he got in jail was one for an argument right. about the TV. Everything exactly. else, he completed everything that he was required. So that's probably why he was up for parole several times. But well, the problem is, I think they were still concerned that there was something there. Right. Because for you to be in jail for that long and you only get one ticket, if you were somebody who really was out of control, they probably would have several. You probably would have gotten tickets. It's like an infection when you're in incarcerated, if you guys right. don't know. So he's like, just so everyone knows, he's at this point, he's been in prison for 15 years. Yeah. And um, nothing. Two, he's been okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been okay. Like there's, there's no misbehavior. He's done the cognitive um, programming that they've done, which, you know, they try to alter somebody's thought processes behind the crimes they commit. Which I would have loved to have information about how that went personally, because right. you get some insight behind that person's past during these programs. But unfortunately, that wasn't out there. They didn't which put is, it out there. Which is so weird. We talk about it in the past that, like, you know, black killers, and don't get me wrong, we're not trying to advocate for the celebrity or notoriety of black killers. But however, yeah. like, there are so many killers that are not of color that kill one time. And we know everything about them. We right? know absolutely everything. We know when they cried over their little puppy, when they, you know, we know what their parents did to them on December 1st of 1973. But we cannot know more information about people of color. It's it's almost like this is expected. Right. Oh, like, a black murder. Right. Of course they did this. We don't have to look into this further. He's a black man. He must be aggressive. So there's no reason to look into the why. But he's human, just like all the other humans that committed crime. And he deserves to hear like, I want to know what causes this. He's important to the study of criminology and like why things happen and 
right. stuff like that. But we don't get to know that, especially when it's people of color. So here we are. Yeah. So like especially black people. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I was yeah. like, always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, because like we some sometimes for people like you know other people of color who aren't black we get to know a little bit of a background but it's almost for black people it is expected so oh yeah here we are but yeah he completed all of these programs he only had one ticket for fighting over a tv so it wasn't like he was trying to stab somebody he got into a fight over the television right still a murderer right but he was only sentenced to 15 to 20 years so this sentence is coming due right so this mm-hmm. is like this Towards is the end the criminal justice program like running its course right so i don't i don't want anyone to think that we're saying hey let him out i'm just we're just saying we wish we knew more about what got him to the point and if his mom is advocating for it because again we talk about this too about we talked about it with dean coral a call back to the beginning of the episode about mm-hmm. how moms are protective mm-hmm. of their children who may just be sociopaths and it's because they right. recognize that something is off and either mm-hmm. they've attributed it to or ascribed it to their personality and their character. You know, that's just who Gregory is. Right. And they've protected them their entire life and can no longer do that because it consummates into something tragic like this. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's not going to help him. It's not going to help him. So maybe she was advocating for mental health rehabilitation, being spending some time institutionalized for that amount of years. But right. I would also agree that there needs to be like, like but they tried it, like the intensive uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and everything. So, like, he would get mm-hmm. both, but he's still got to serve jail time, ma'am. Sorry. Yes. Like, right. Your son might be nice to you, but he <laughs> right. murdered a he murdered a woman and her unborn child. So, yeah. But after 16 years in 2008, he was actually released. Um, I don't know if you want to speak to what finally led to his. I feel like assisted him in his yeah, release yeah which irritates me so yeah i would just want to point out too um so many people uh were were like there are a lot of people advocating for his release and i would argue, i would imagine that it's about the sympathy kind of points that come with someone that they are aware of is not completely attached to reality right and so a lot of the conversations um around his change of behavior were attributed to his growth in faith specifically his christian faith and uh, i believe that it was one of his uh sisters uh who said uh deidre who said uh, and i quote like over the years greg has become closer to the lord and read his word daily the word being the bible um and i believe this is what has helped greg through this difficult and trying time but one of the most compelling uh testimonies or uh advocates for uh gregory's lease was fred harris one of the, uh, a pastor in detroit who had mm-hmm. written to a parole board uh the parole board in 2005 in august and said that gregory and i and this pay attention to the language used here mm-hmm. and, we're gonna, and people get mad when i talk about christianity but we're going to talk about it so <laughs> we are it's like gregory and i were friends before his mishap pause right there and yes, was incarcerated he said he was a member of our church, and I feel he has paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible and is sorry. Then he, and a year later, he wrote this August 2005, so a year later he went on and continued to say that he's noticed a great deal of growth and his, and his understanding has matured quite a bit, as well as his processing skills. So there goes the the red flag for the whole, like, you know, he doesn't quite get what's happening. Right, right. 
his processing skills. Um, if he has to be released, he would be welcomed as a part of our church community and whatever we could do to help him adjust, we would. And a lot of times when you think about parole and we think about reducing recidivism rates and things like that, it is right. better that someone be released into a community that is going to uh, encourage them, motivate them, uh, supervise them, uh, you know, and so having a church community and for black folks, faith is super important. Um, right. doesn't matter what type of black you are. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if you're like Christian, uh, Catholic, whatever, uh, Muslim, like it's always super important. Um, or it's, it's, or it's a building block of who you are and identity way back when. Um, so those things are measured heavily when you think of cultural competence. And so what ends up happening is that in 2008, Gregory gets released. Right. And he gets released back into the community. Um, and he doesn't act, and, and it's not the worst, the, the most terrible thing once he gets out. Like he's, he's functional. He's still going to church. Um, right. he actually gets a job at the Detroit Metropolitan Airport, uh, servicing airplanes, uh, which I think is super funny because in 2016, when all the terrible things happened again, like D, the D, it's like D, D, DMA, but the Detroit Metropolitan Airport, like had to issue a statement. That was saying like, hey, you know, everybody who comes and works for us has rigorous background checks. And it's like, but sir, you hired a murderer. Right. And it's a whole murder. A murderer with security clearances. Right. So think about that. Who might have access to like manifests and who's on what flights and like. This is after 9-11 when everything was ramped up. So it's like we get it. But this man should probably be working like not in a place where he has access to private information. Um but, you know, redemption and stuff. And so that is the storyline I want to touch on really quick. I don't want to, I don't want to stay here too long, but right. I think that sometimes in our, in our desire to be affectionate and compassionate, that sometimes we, we miss sharing that with the people who actually do need it too. So when we think of Tanya and her unborn child, referring to what happened as an unfortunate lack of self-control or referring to it as a mishap, mishap. I think is gross. And so, right. like, I think that trying to help people again, like in Christianity, like the forgiveness is, is not our job. Like, where our job is not to, you know, put anyone in heaven or hell, but right. it's to forgive and move and like try to move forward with people. And I think sometimes that can be so wrongheaded. Um, and I, in this case, I believe it was. It was the, it was the, you know, the reducing of a murder to a lack of judgment. Right. So, a mishap, um, lack of self control. Say that, but that was my one thought. I was like, that is so ridiculous. And as a person who believes in Jesus, and as a person who likes to try to hold himself to some kind of high moral values, like I would never characterize that as that. <laughs> right. regardless if I thought you deserved a second chance at life or not. I'm not going to be like that was a mishap. Hmm. Like I think it discounts Tanya's life and the life of that baby. So, right. Two years later, December 18th of 2010, he would go on to marry Faith Harris. And if you think it's a coincidence that you heard the name Harris twice in the last three minutes, it is not. It's Faith not. is the daughter of Fred Harris, the pastor I just talked about that advocated for his release. Hmm. Yeah. Again, so me personally, I believe that God loves all people, but I don't believe in letting all people love my kids. Right, right. So, like, it was just a, like, there's just so many things happening. And this is the there's, thing with Faith. And, it's four years since he got out. That's not enough time. It's two years That's, since oh, he got out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Like, You're rehabilitation right, and stuff. Conversations. Yeah. Um, but this is the this is the faith piece, too. Like, I just think that we also need to just use wisdom is all I'm right. saying. It sounds like victim right. blaming. I'm trying not to. 
But I I just I just know too many people who have got caught up with the trying to do the right thing or trying to do the nice thing and it's not the right thing. Um, I mean, I have personal stories of people who got involved with somebody that shouldn't and got murdered, and I was still, you know, and I I mourn these people, but at the same time. You know, there's a, you know, probably should have been more careful aspect that you can't deny and you're not victim blaming at all. But, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Recognizing that sometimes people are charming, people are charismatic. And if you have deep romantic and emotional ties to people, it's definitely hard to get away. Mm -hmm. Like, like you mentioned, you have stories like I mentioned on the podcast months ago that in February, one of my friends was stabbed to death by an ex-partner. Right. And it's be- it's because, like, even if you realize it's not healthy all the time, like, it's hard to get away, especially yeah. if that person is violent. And that's so right. that's why I'm not shaming Faith for anything, because at some point with Gregory, she show- he showed her that softer side that I'm assuming Tanya also saw. But then as we as we go on later on, we'll see that the behavior, again, starts to switch to a bit more aggressive uh, and angry and easily agitated behavior so he would enter this marriage and he would become the stepfather of chandley allen uh, who was 19 mm-hmm. and to kara who was 17 2011 they would welcome baby koi uh much like the fish like that's the spelling because i had it wrong <laughs> so, <laughs> um in the next year in 2012 they would welcome baby kaylee things were moving along they were they were progressing like you would expect any married couple to do um but as is common with Gregory in every relationship he tends to be in, um, they start to become very tenuous. Um, So the marriage begins to be full of ups and downs. um, Mm -hmm. And we see uh, Gregory's discompassionate behavior, which I don't know if it was a word, but I've been using it a lot lately, uh, start to rear its ugly head again. And we've had, uh, there's reports of police having to be called to the house several times. Yeah, domestic issues. Mm -hmm. And even mm-hmm. in one time, February 2013, um, Faith would go and file for a personal protection order at the Wayne County Circuit Court. Um, it's a breakdown of the marital relationship was the reasoning, uh, but nothing was done uh, because no evidence was provided. A lot of times uh, you would see people ask for pictures of bruises, pictures of broken property, uh, right. screenshots of threatening text messages or threatening voicemails, something that says that this person is a threat to me. Right. And what you say? No, I said, go ahead. No. Yeah. And so that wasn't proven. Um, but there was also no mention on this filing of his previous murder conviction either. Um, I mean, but- he did have, there were times that the cops did go out there. I didn't want to mention for domestic violence issues. Yeah. Um, so they did have that record. Um, so I'm not going to say there was like absolutely nothing that they could have gone on. But that's um, the thing, too. Like I was reading up that like one, the, ju- the judge that was overseeing this was also a judge that was forced to step down because of her own handlings in a, in a divorce case, her own divorce case. Right. Um, but cops were denying that they had ever made those uh, stops as well, which is I'm, I assume everyone covering their own behinds. Right. Probably um, there was no write up if they didn't want to do the right. paperwork. Yeah, I remember one time that's oh several times it's happened to me where I've gone to get police reports that I was told were ready or would be ready and they were never written up, yep. like car accidents in wealthy areas where someone hit my car while I was parked, and I was accused of stealing my car because I had gotten it the day before and I had a temporary registration. Like there's just people wow. just not caring about like you know like and that's not the same thing as domestic violence, but it just shows that sometimes mm-hmm. like 
the way people treat things. We talk is, about, right. um, you know, social service workers, civil service workers cutting corners because and they don't want to do certain happen. things. And it, you just, you can't afford to do it in this field. There you are can't. people's, right. There are just people's lives attached to it. Right. You know, when human life, when people are attached to it, you right. cannot cut corners because it could quite literally, as we talked about in the heart case, when you right. cut corners and you pretend things aren't happening, it could be life or death. Absolutely. And this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, uh, we talk about how, you know, it's a lack of evidence, but even if there's no real investigation into it, you know, like how sometimes the system can just not be sturdy enough to protect people or not mm-hmm. enough is done or they're not assigned to or uh, referred to a domestic violence shelter or a caseworker or a social worker. They kind of just mm-hmm. send you on your way and there's not enough evidence. We're sorry. We can't protect you. But if you go to a domestic violence or abused or battered women's shelter, there are people that will be there with you to support you uh, with therapeutic responses. But also there are people who will help you create a get out plan with people that you love. It's funny because I had a discussion with people on social media who it got it got into savor savoritism and all that stuff um for yeah it got real ugly but i was invested because this person was claiming that they were a social worker and she had claimed that it's sometimes impossible for a person to get out of dv situations like there's no way and i was like difficult right sure extremely difficult but never ever should a social worker feel like it's impossible so what do you do with the client at that point because you're the one who's supposed to help the client find the way out so if you're feeling like it's impossible then maybe you should excuse yourself from the case because difficult is one thing but never say impossible and then they're feeling they're feeling whatever you're putting down so if you're acting like there's nothing you can do they're picking that up that you feel like there's nothing you can do yeah and they're trying to say that the person had no choice no there is a choice it's just gonna be really difficult it may mean crossing state lines to get out but there is right like we talked like i I mentioned the plan like there are and if y'all don't realize what they are there are people who will literally go through your daily routine of what your life looks like. They'll ask for your schedule. They'll ask mm-hmm. for when your abusive partner goes to and from work, how often they grocery shop, their doctor's yep. appointments, um, their haircuts, how often they go to sports practices with your kids, all that stuff. And they will set up a plan that says you have an hour and 10 minutes this yep. day to get out. We're going to have a police officer with you. Your best friend will be there. Make sure in that time you pack up exactly what you need for you and your children and you bring it out and we'll make sure we get your kids from school and we'll get you. Like there there are people who will do that. It will be absolutely (laughs) difficult, even if your significant other is a police officer. You know, like it will be difficult, but there's no such thing as no way. Things can, there, there are things in place to help people. Right. And so when I see things like this with no referrals and stuff like that, I'm like, come right. on, guys. Right. <laughs> I mean, she literally said, like, it got to a point where he kicked the couch while the child was sleeping on it. Right. Like, she went to the police department and said that. Yeah, and she's so, been locked out of the house before. Like, you know, it's just, like, with her kids inside, you know? So, yeah. like, and she clearly knows he's not okay and not safe. So, like, she had even mentioned, I believe, in the filing that she wanted to get it done. She needed to get back so that she wouldn't get locked out. Like, right. so it's like, dude, like, anyway, again, mm-hmm. system system cracks or need to be filled. Yeah, or just by people, people who thinking to, that, oh, well, you're, you're screwed. 
Um, Let me tell you, I was fighting, fighting on social media on a Saturday morning, and oh, I, I saw, wanted to die on that hill. And, and I was, it's a hill I would also die on. So you and I, I, I all the way died on that hill that morning. Um, however, yes. um, nothing was done. Um, there's nothing done to kind of at least start the process of leaving uh, mm-hmm. for faith in the babies. So from that, you know, police and trying to get a protection order. Um, she does seek a divorce in 2013, but she drops it. Um, it's said that she made up with him and everything was okay. But again, she files in August um, 2016. So things start to fall apart again. She finally files again. And I think that's it. That's it for her this time. Yeah. And so now we're going to call back. And this is when, why Dee mentioned it earlier that... It's the same cycle, like same cycle, same case, same behavior, same circumstances mm-hmm. where this happens. Mm-hmm. And well, things will clearly go from bad to tragic in the Green Harris household. Uh, some point in the late evening of September 20th, early morning of 20 of uh, September 21st in 2016. You would see uh, if you were clearly if you were a fly on the wall, but green mm-hmm would go out to the family car. He placed duct tape over the muffler and ran a tube from the exhaust into a window of the vehicle. And he would then go collect five-year-old Coy uh, at this time and four-year-old Kaylee, um, who had a neighbor pointed out had just recently celebrated a birthday that there were still birthday decorations still up uh, and placed them in the vehicle. Uh, You can imagine what happens next. He starts the vehicle um, and they succumb to carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, to subsequently what he does is he takes each kid and places them back in, in their, their bed, bed. Um, which talks about, we talk about the processing piece. Like, does he believe that they're dead or that they're asleep? Questions that need well, answers. I think there is something to say about the mode of uh, murder when we, after we touch right. base on we'll what that. happens next. Oh yeah. But yeah. Um, after this, he would then descend on faith, his wife, he slashed her face with a box cutter, face and neck, um, would subsequently shoot her in the foot, and then would gag uh, and bind her in a chair with duct tape and zip ties. Mm-hmm. Um, after she is strapped to this chair, he then horrifyingly would lead Kara and Chadney, her two oldest kids, uh, down to the basement where he forced Faith, uh, Faith to watch as he shot them several times, execution style, in front of her. Mm-hmm. And it was around this time at 1.15 uh, on that day that authorities say that Green had actually called 911. And he was in the driveway when they arrived, um, letting them know that, hey, you know, my wife is in the house. She's bound. Mm-hmm. People are dead. Like, same cycle, same same motive, right? I'm going yeah. to leave you. Yeah. Irrational an intense, illicit, you know, a violent response. How? You know, so that's his right. same right. exact way. So, I mean, we talk about the protection order, the lack of people realizing he also had a past. I would think, you know, if people, and this is in the same state. So we've talked about how sometimes when you're dealing with different states, like he says, say he murdered somebody in another state. I don't know, like Illinois, Illinois, yeah, Illinois or something. And then he moved to Michigan. Sometimes they wouldn't know. 
but this is the same state, the same man. He had a spent time in jail. She trying to get a protection order. How do you deny that? Number one. (laughs) Number two, the method in which he killed his own biological children versus his stepchildren is appalling. To me, he wanted to cause less pain to his two children. I think it would be easier for him to see them asleep so he could just think that they're asleep forever um, as opposed for his lack of care with Kara and Chadney, um, which he just executed, point blank. These right. children were college-bound. They were planning to go to ch- college, actually, and there is um, a footage of um, Faith, who did survive this, That's speaking right. about, you know the children and what she did for her children college planning and her little ones as well so it was just really appalling but as far as court of course he confesses to it he says he does it um there's never much of a case with him he like the other case uh, you know says he pleads guilty um and now he's in there for about i think 50 to 100 years yeah like he's not up for parole until he's like no he's gonna die in prison he's gonna die in there yeah Yeah. um but there was i i saw on youtube faith is a a strong woman absolutely Um, so because of this she suffers from short-term memory loss um and ptsd she goes through depression and i saw a news um i don't know what year it was but it was a news like program casting whatever when she was on the news trying to donate money for parents who lost children so imagine this (laughs) so this happened in 2016 this is only four years later and in that time four years four Four years later (laughs) it's late in that time she start up a, a fundraiser for people who lost their children while suffering from this is residency. I don't know what this is. Black women, I tell you, while suffering from short term memory loss, while suffering from PTSD, she faced her, you know, the murder of her children in court to speak to how he did not destroy her. And despite, you know, his attempt to do so, like yeah. it was so wild to me. Um yeah how like resilient she was when i was watching all this i was like wow so you know i don't know yeah i would i would say that given some of her her statements and testimonies in court um it's very clear that his behavior had had shifted and changed to being violent and aggressive and abusive um in the final in like in the last years of their marriage um Mm. You know where she calls him a monster and yeah. says that you know now you you can't hide that. Yeah, you're right? exposed. And so yeah, so like this is, so this is a woman who has survived a lot, has probably seen a lot. This is I couldn't this, believe the fundraiser. Imagine doing that. Yeah, I don't have the space now. I wouldn't. I could imagine like grieving and yeah, having yeah. to constantly be reminded of the loss that you feel. And um, you know, deal with other you dealing with other people's loss as well the, in the similar fashion of what you lost. She said it doesn't matter how, if it was murder, or, but just any parent that lost kids, she's raising funds for. Um, yeah. you know, I just I'm a person who who is of the mindset that barring terminal or you know pervasive illness, that a parent shouldn't have to bury their kid. Um, absolutely not. And we're like just highlighting the kids a little bit because we we talked about them, but 
uh, Chad had actually gone to Specs Howard School of Broadcasting. He had a digital media arts certificate. Mm-hmm. Kara was an honor, a National Honor Society student. She was in the, the newspaper. She was a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had dreams of becoming a doctor. Like these are these yeah, are. Yeah, I think kids. she wanted to be an OBGYN. Yeah, like these yeah, are kids who had goals OB. and were yeah. on their way. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are lives that were snuffed out and cut too short. Not to, and mm-hmm. we're not gonna, you know, forget about. Uh, little Koi and Kaylee either, right. uh, both Ooh. of which were sweet young kids, and everyone right. remembers them fondly. So, right, like I that- saw um, a news a clip of like the neighbor crying because you know these little girls would you know lived across the street and would say good morning to her every every day, and she started to tear up a little bit. So, yeah. So, shout out to Faith Harris for being an incredible woman. You know, you're awesome. Yeah, you know this is our black excellence for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. we don't have that that's the reason black but. women are phenomenal i'll never say it any more or less like black I would women agree. are just phenomenal they are incredible and we don't deserve them and they shouldn't have to save the world but it seems like they always do All the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah so that is the story case troubling uh findings of gregory green yeah uh thank you guys for listening as always Thank you all uh, who submitted uh, for the giveaway. Shout out to Diana and Marissa once again for winning. You will both get a the code sent to the email that you submitted with. Yes. So look out for that. I'll do that between whatever glimpse of extra time I've got in the next two days. <laughs> I'm just hey. looking, I'm looking at my next two days. I'm like, yikes. Hey, um, but btw you got two episodes this month we're late but you got your two and right, i'm just we did that a pat, pat, I pat on my back we i can pat your pastry a little bit to that yeah. i think that we definitely did it up i'm proud of us i am very proud of us. two october and episodes. hopefully november goes well where i feel up to talking to y'all and we'll know that by the third yeah i also want to point out that yeah well we're gonna have to show up anyway because i feel like we gotta be strong for the people but also, <laughs> I want to point out that D. First of all, this yeah, this is the thing. Before we wrap up, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, when it's my fault that we're late, <laughs> I get dragged. Now, no, this is like, like people get up there. They're like, "It's so fine. Take care of yourself." It's like, "Well, we need it." It's D's fault. And two people are like, "All right." Like what? <laughs> I gave them. I gave them a gift. <laughs> to laugh at to distract like i know how to do this like you can't just go up with your remorseful you got to give them something to kill and they've totally forget like literally my life hello, i could like, be like guys i lost both my legs and i'm at home recovering but new episode coming out in two weeks they'd be like so <laughs> <laughs> you got to give them a gift did you, you lose your vocal them. cords as well my guy or did you <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> I kid, but it's all it's all in fun that you guys say the things you do, and you guys are usually just really funny and supportive. Right. But I wanted you guys to like attack D because she always makes fun of me for being the reason that we're late, and it I wanted you guys sense. to defend me, defend my honor. No me. one did it. No I one was did it. in a lot of pain. I had to go get my acupuncture. I have fibro. I don't care. I'll share. I have fibro as well. So I feel like you. my I back understand. was killing me. Um, but that's it. Uh, D, <laughs> where could they find you on the internet? Underscore D. That's D-E-E underscore Issa, I-S-A, on Instagram. You can find me also on um, TikTok. I'm not I'm not going to post anything, but I'm there. I'm looking. Right. And Twitter. Same. Do you, I feel like, do, have you ever plugged your your blog here ever? I've done once. Um, I'm or taking a little, now? like, two-week 
break from the blog. I'm just gonna see what happens after November third, and then you might get all my rage. Do you um, want to see? Do you want to say where it is? I like, can find all the stuff that's already written. Sure. So it's the reconnect. Um, I actually changed it. It's like the reconnect.com. Very easy. Um, you can find it there. Um, the reconnect on Instagram. Uh, just keep it on Instagram because to be honest, I don't use Twitter and Facebook for the blog. But it's a cool spot. I have guest writers write. I'm waiting for Charnel to write me something, but I've gotten poetry submissions. I write stuff, um, you know, so I've gotten fitness stuff. I have parenting stuff coming up. So I have a whole bunch of things planned, some political stuff uh, coming up. I just needed to take a moment to see what happens because I don't know what to write right now um, because I have a lot of feelings about what's going on in the world. So I'm kind of waiting for November to see what direction I go. <laughs> but eventually there's also going to be merchandise. So you guys could check that out. Yeah, I, I love that little. The little jab you threw in there. I'm waiting for Chanel to write something. Chanel has a full life right now. <laughs> I just I, I didn't bother you. Like I was like, okay, he's finishing school. But I mean, I expect like you know we've had friends, mutual friends that you know gave me poetry and I've put it stuff together. Like I, and if you guys want to submit too, I take submissions for listeners. If you guys want to submit anything, then go ahead. It's just a spot where you could just share your creativity. That's what I wanted to be. Anything. I just want to point out that those mutual friends are also people who just work full time. That's <laughs> happening. But anyway. I got a poem. I was able to put together music to the poem. Anyway, and you read it. It was great. Anyway. <laughs> waiting. If you guys want to find me on the internet, it's at Charnel B. That's Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, which I'm never on. TikTok also, which I'm never on. Um, real quick, don't add me on Facebook, guys. I'm so sorry. But even if I wanted to add you, it's going to sit there. <laughs> for six months like everybody does um some of y'all some like i have some listeners who are my facebook friends because we like we've met in person yeah like, personally yeah. like but like i have so yeah. many like literally like i'm like who are these people and i'm like oh yeah no no one adds name. me and it's great i think i get one every six months it's fine i was like but you guys can but the thing is like i'm still accessible if you guys tweet me or dm me ask anyone i respond <laughs> because when i'm sitting talkative. in bed not sleeping at night that's what i'm doing he is the more talkative one out of the both of us i'm around she's yeah she's she's somewhere she's i'm completely an introvert that's just what it is i'm not i i love the fact that we built this awesome community um if you want to find the podcast on twitter and instagram it's at what did you do pod our email is what did you do pod at gmail.com website what did you do podcast.com that we had a listener actually suggest uh an offer to help us retool it because we have changed our artwork and stuff so i want to make sure that it starts to reflect that um it still has our old logo and stuff yeah um so all those new changes coming guys check out uh crime con uh, make yeah. sure you guys, if you guys can be there, please be there. It would be nice to see some very familiar virtual faces. It's going to be the first time that we're going to be in the same room in months. Since, what, February? Yeah. Right. So I've seen D, like when I handed off my Animal Crossing game. Yeah, but, but that I was think that's the last time. time. That was, yeah, that had to be April because I yeah, remember getting, I got April. sick of it after a month. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, you know what's funny? I think I, you sent me money after I said it was free and I think it's still sitting there. Um, <laughs> I did. I was like, I don't want it. Like, literally, take this off my hands because it's hell. Just um, take it, and I'm glad you Definitely. enjoyed it. Uh, but that's it, guys. Take care. Love yourselves, please. This is dropping uh, five days uh, before probably one of the most you know important elections of our lifetimes. Right. Um, so far, 
we, we don't know what they always look like. It could be Protect your favorite podcasters and vote. <laughs> right. Vote. Like, vote well and vote like other people's li- Again, vote, lives. Again, right. lives Vote to protect my life. Right. It is your civic duty uh, to get out there. It's the one thing that makes America a democracy. Please, please vote, 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 vote. Be involved. Be engaged. Ask questions. Interrogate and question everything. Do your own research. Don't go off memes on Facebook. Don't go off... You know, inflammatory headlines, because that's all you're going to see from both sides for the next five days are ba- mm-hmm. are major headlines. Read up on your stuff mm-hmm. um, and take care of yourselves and each other. And we will see you guys literally after all this crap takes place. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> I'll, ter- I'll tone depends on you. <laughs> guys, take care. Keep your hands clean. Wash them. Sanitize them. COVID is also still very much here. Sister mm-hmm. ain't left yet. Wear, Wear your, your goddamn mask. mask. Please wear your mask, because, guys, I am sick of being inside. If Like, not really, but, like, kind of mostly. And Because I'd be out and about. Like, i go to the grocery store and stuff. And The only thing I miss is traveling, but whatever. I barely do. I'm broke. I didn't grow up in a house. So, wear your mask, all that stuff. <laughs> do, like, care thing. about the other people around you is all I'm saying. Have some compassion. Yes. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Bye. Bye.